0: look again in in Ephesians 5 and verse 14. Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that they walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You know, he's telling them to wake up. They're asleep among the dead. And he's saying you need to wake up. You know what, we're not meant to be asleep among the dead. We're meant to be awake. Amen. Let me put it this way, we're meant to be awake. Among the dead yes. amen. amen we're meant to be awake everywhere we go praise the Lord amen. and I talked about us as believers as believers we are not dead as believers we've went from death to life Ephesians chapter 2 lets us know that. You know, we are not dead in our spirit. We are alive unto God. But as a Christian, we can be asleep. And a Christian that's asleep, it's just, they're they're living more out of their flesh than they are out of their spirit. They're saved, okay, but they've lost the excitement. They've lost the joy. They've lost that, you know what, just desire of serving God. You know, they're more interested in, you know, what, what's happening in the world than they are what's happening in the move of God. They've got their finger on the pulse naturally, but not spiritually. But whenever you wake up, you know what, you become alive again. You are alive, but you become alive in your life to the things of God. It just wakes up in you. Praise God. Amen. And we, when, we, when we're awake, we're meant to be awake among the dead. We're not meant to be asleep among the dead. There's meant to be a difference between between us and the world. Everywhere we go, you should see the difference. Now, there's scripture in the Bible that talks about, come out from among them and be you separate. Okay? But when the Bible talks about, come out from among them and be you separate, it is not telling us to go and live in a commune somewhere. It's not telling us now we all need to live in the one place and we're all going to grow our own vegetables and all of those kind of things because that world is so evil out there that we can't go out there because we need to stay here and then we need to, we need to wrap our kids in cotton wool because you know what, that's a big bad world out there and you know what, you go out there, the devil's going to get you. That's not the way we need to think. I don't think like that with my kids. I believe the grace of God is more than enough. I believe the grace of God is sufficient. I believe that God is bigger than the devil. And I don't live like that. I've never put that fear into my kids. That you know what? uh, You know the devil's going to get you if you go out there. I've told them go out there and and be different. If you play football be different. When you go out with your friends don't be ashamed of Jesus. Amen. When you go to school don't be ashamed of what you believe. We're not called to isolate. We're to be insulated so that then when we go out there, that world doesn't change us. We change it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So many times people preach, you know, what? come out from among them and be them separate to the point of where we become a bunch of weirdos that don't mix with anybody, that don't talk to anybody, that can't be around someone that's not saved because, you know what, they may say something and, you know what, I I rebuke those words, I rebuke those words. Well, do you know what, you're responsible for the words that you allow into your life, you know, overall. But we live in this world. You can't turn everything off. But you do have the right to what you receive. Amen. And then what you say, which is more important. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Now over in, um, let me just look at this, over in First Peter for a second. And in verse 2, just notice what it says here. In first Peter 2 and verse 11, it says here, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, Look at that, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Having your conversation, look at this, honest among the Gentile. Honest among the Gentile. Do you know what? You you have to do life. Yeah. Yeah. You go to work, you can't say, you know, what, I'm going to work and I, I I, don't want anybody to come into my space. I don't want to meet anybody. They're not saved. They're going to contaminate me. No, it's amazing the view that many times people have on, on people. Yeah. Let me tell you, Jesus was around people all the time. Yeah. Jesus had people bumping up against him. Yeah. Jesus wasn't, don't touch me. Stay away from me. Jesus was in the crowd. And, you know, the woman with the issue of blood who was unclean under the law, was able to come through that crowd and touch Jesus. But here was the thing with Jesus. Jesus didn't get what she had. She got what Jesus had. Amen. See, sometimes we have this mentality, you know, it's an Old Testament mentality. Do you know what? If you touch that which is unholy, holy, you're unholy. And so we isolate ourselves from everyone. No, you need to see that, that you're in Christ. You need to see that you are preserved, that you are blameless, that you're a child of God, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Nobody can touch you and change who you are in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, when you know who you are, you can be in this world and not be off it. Yeah. You can be in this world and not love the world. You can be around people and minister to people and laugh and joke and have fun and all of those kind of things without being a partaker of people's sin. The separation is that we are different. The separation is that we're not out there doing the same things. But we can all still live our life. You know, there's not a, 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 you know, if you go to a takeaway, there's not a door for the Christian and a door for the, we all go into the same shop. You all go into Tesco's or Penny's or or Penny, if you. (laughs) You all go wherever you go to shop. We can be separate among. We can be different. Amen? Amen. And that's the way we're meant to be. Do you know why? Because here's the thing. Do you see when you get saved and you wake up? You become awake to what's really going on. Do you know what becomes important whenever you wake up? Let me just put it this way. Souls. That's what becomes important. Do you know what? If you, if you live to see people saved, that's a huge part of your life, where you live to see people saved. It is amazing how much drama that will keep you out of. Yes. Because other things aren't as important yeah. as seeing people saved. Mm-hmm. When that's the priority. You know, it's like the film The Matrix. <clears throat> and in The Matrix, whenever... um. Neo comes out of the matrix, if you've ever seen that film. He realizes everything was a lie. Yeah. And I know whenever I got saved, it's like your eyes are open. You became, you became awake to things. Things you never thought of. You see people different. As I said, you know, we were doing this message earlier. I said, you know what, are you woke? I'm woke, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm woke in a biblical sense. Yeah. Woke onto the things of God, yeah. not to the culture to the things of God. And I tell you, soul winning (coughs) and winning souls is key. And praise God, I believe that this church is coming into a season of seeing people saved. Amen. 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 Let me look over in Matthew chapter 5 for a second. Matthew 5, look in verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt is lost to savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. It says, You are the salt of the earth. Salt is a preservative. Salt does several things. You know what? Salt, it preserves, it destroys. Praise God. You know, as the church, we're meant to destroy a lot of ideas because we think different. Amen. You know, we're not meant to um, swallow everything that's said. And we're not meant to sit with our mouth closed. We're not to be ashamed to speak of what we believe. Amen. Salt preserves. Praise God. And we need to be preservers in, in this world. Salt flavors. Let me tell you, this world would be boring... If Christians weren't in it. Because we flavor. And here's another thing salt does as well salt makes you thirsty. And you know what? We should make people thirsty for Jesus. Our lives should be different. We're to be round people, just like Jesus was round people. We are to be round people. But many know Jesus was round people, but Jesus didn't compromise. Jesus was round people, but Jesus didn't change who he was. Jesus was around people so that he could be the influence because he was the salt everywhere he went. Do you know what? Salt influences, and so does light as well. Let me say this as well. We are to preserve, okay? And the Bible tells us, let me read this verse actually as well. In Colossians 4 and verse 6, it says, Let your speech always be with grace. Always be with grace. And then it says, seasoned with salt. Yeah. You may know you don't poison your dinner with salt. <laughs> you may know you use salt, but it's, it seasons. It's not the meal. Yeah. You know, salt on its own is horrible. <laughs> but it seasons. You know what, nearly everything that we eat, you need to have salt in it to give it a bit of flavor. And it's, you know, if you're too... Foundational ingredients, salt and pepper. Yeah. You know what? You need salt, but you don't serve salt as a meal. And yet, some people, when they go, they're just salt. They just go out there with a judging finger. They just tell everybody what's right and wrong and everything they're doing wrong in their life. And they're salt everywhere they go. We're not to be salt in a ton. Yeah. We're meant to be grease. In a ton seasoned with salt. You know, the gospel is good news. It doesn't have a sound to it. That's not what it sounds like. Or it's not the death march. Out comes the undertaker. We have a message of life. You can tell someone when someone talks to you and asks you, what do you think of such and such? What do you think of homosexuality? I don't agree with homosexuality, but God loves the homosexual. Jesus died for the homosexual as much as he died for me. I can stand for what I believe. But I don't have to be condemning. Amen. Do you think Jesus was going around promoting adultery? No, but when the woman was caught in the very act of adultery, Jesus didn't condemn her. But he didn't approve of what she did either. Anytime someone came to Jesus in a, in a lifestyle of sin, he would tell them, go and sin no more. He didn't approve sin, but he gave them a ton of grace. We give people a ton of, i not talking us, in, in general, many times people get a ton of salt and get a wee, wee sprinkle of grace. And yet the gospel is the grace of Christ. Yes. There's things we need to stand for in our generation, especially at this present moment in time. <laughs> there are things that are being threatened at this present moment in time. And I don't keep quiet. If somebody asks me, I don't keep quiet. Somebody asks me, what do I believe in a situation? I do not keep quiet. I tell what I believe. Because we need to stand for what is right. We are salt. Amen? But don't, let me say this here, don't let your opposition of beliefs, even hatred for beliefs, spill over on the person. Because you know what? People are lost and need Jesus. We stand for what's right. But we still need to reach the lost. We're not trying to push people away. We're standing for what is right. Amen. That's what it means to be salt. And we are to be salt everywhere we go. But I'm telling you, we can become so political. In our generation that we stop preaching the gospel. We're not called to preach politics. We're called to preach the gospel. It's the gospel that's the power of God onto salvation. In Matthew chapter 5 again it says you are the light of the world. So we are salt and we are what? Light. You're to be salt and light. You're to let Jesus shine everywhere you go. That's why we're meant to be around people. How can you be the, the light of the world and the salt of the earth if you're in a commune? Sorry. If you can't be around anybody. You can't you, see light and salt influence. Salt is not, is not able to flavor until it gets out of the, the wee shaker. Yeah. If you keep it in, all it is is salt with salt you know on Sunday morning we're meant to come together and a majority of people who come to church on a Sunday morning are salt. Yeah. And what are we? We're salt with salt. Yeah. And you know what? And we're to keep each other salty. Yeah. We're to, It's like iron sharpens iron. We sharpen one another. We keep ourselves salty. Why? So when we leave here, we can go and shake everywhere we go. Yeah, yeah. Amen. 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 Everywhere we go, we want to be shaken. Leaving a... Leaving um, something that will flavor, something that will cause people to think different, something that will destroy, something that will make people thirsty. Everywhere we go, when somebody says something, they say, I don't, I don't see it that way. You know what? But we're not condemning its conversation. We're not, the whole time we're there. That's not our message. Amen. Amen. Praise God for the grace of God. Let me tell you, we're saved by grace. Praise God, if it wasn't for the grace of God, every one of us, we may as well go home. Because it was the grace of God that saved us. Jesus died for the ungodly. Jesus died for sinners. No one qualified for salvation. We all had to get saved by grace. Proverbs 11 and verse 30. See, when you wake up, you wake up to what's important. And I'm telling you, souls are important. Proverbs 11 and verse 30, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. Praise God. Let me tell you, God wants the birth in us or encourage us in soul winning. Amen? Sometimes you just need to be encouraged in that arena. Sometimes it needs to be birthed in you. Sometimes you just need to allow that heart and desire for the lost to be birthed in you. You know what, this is Father's Day, but I'm telling you, God wants more people who will call him Abba. God wants more people in his family. Sometimes people say we're all the children of God. No, we're not. No, we're not. Jesus said to the Jews, you're of your father who? devil. devil. Those that were opposing him. Yeah. For God to be our father, we need to be reborn. Yes, and then when we're reborn, then we have a spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. Praise mm-hmm. God. You know what? I was preaching the other night and I was talking on the name of Jesus. And I was sure how that, you know what? Jesus has a name that's been exalted. That he was called Jesus from his birth. But that name was exalted at his resurrection. It's still the same name, but it had, had honor bestowed upon that name, and it was exalted to be the name that's above every name. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Mary was told to call him Jesus. Joseph was told to call him Jesus, and they called him Jesus. And his name was Jesus all through his life. But when he rose from the dead, that name was honored And exalted to be a name above every name. It's just like you know, someone is called, you know, whatever, called, uh, you know, I've an uncle and he has one of them MBEs or whatever. You know what I mean? OBE or BBC, RTE has. (laughs) He's one of them. So he has, and he's he's a lovely guy, and he got that for a lot of work that he does in the community. So it's still his name, but he has an honour beside it it's just like if somebody has a sir that's the there's an honor but they still have the same name well jesus name is the name above all names and i was just talking how that jesus was given a better name than the angels and how that jesus is better than the angels praise god now as god he's always been better let me tell you he never ever stopped being god he's 100 percent god 100 percent man he's the god man He's the only one like it in all of the universe because he has to be the perfect mediator. He has to be able to put one hand on God and one hand on man and be able to perfectly represent both. And praise God, he can do that as our high priest. Praise the Lord. That he's able to represent both. He's not a mediator like Moses. Moses could only represent man. He was a mediator of one side, but he couldn't be a mediator of the other side. So he was a mediator, but not a perfect mediator. But Jesus is a perfect mediator. That's why there's only one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. Why? Because he's 100% man. He's 100% God. And he can represent both. It's awesome. But when Jesus was born, he left being God. Even though he never stopped being God, but he stopped drawing from it. And he set aside that. And he came in a body. And you know, as you, in human bodies, we don't have a body of the same strength as angels. Angels excel in power and strength, the Bible says. And yet, Jesus came into a body. So, you know, He came into a body and was nursed, yeah. carried, yeah. lifted, yeah. fed, changed. Had to learn. The Bible says He increased yeah. in knowledge. God doesn't increase, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. I'm the Lord God, I change not. But Jesus came in a body and he grew. He grew physically. You think of that there and was confined to a physical body. Confined to time. Yeah, yeah. The God who lived outside of time now stepped into time. And he had to live in a 24 hour day. Yeah. He couldn't speed up the process. Yeah. You think of it for those 30 years. Nobody knew who he was. Apart from Mary. Joseph. Nobody knew who he was. And he lived and just had a relationship with his father day in, day out. At 12 years of age, he was able to say, I'm about my father's business. Was confined to a human body. Then steps into his ministry and faces persecution. The Bible says he came to his own, his own received him not. They wanted to throw him off a cliff right from where go whenever he went to his hometown and... Told them the spirit of the Lord is upon me, they want to chuck him straight off a cliff. Yeah. He lived with a death threat on him. He was just challenged his whole ministry. Then humbled himself unto death, allowed people he made to take him, to beat him, to open up his back to spit on his face, to pluck out his beard, all for us. Do you know why? Because he took your shame, he took my shame. He took that shame and he walked that road of shame carrying his own cross and then was crucified and died for us and was buried. But praise God, he rose again and exalted, amen. And now he's in a glorified body. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Seated at the right hand of the Father. But you think about why did he do all of that for us, for people? Why? Because God values people more than anything. Amen. Let me look for a moment. I want to look at something here. This is where I want to go this morning. Acts chapter 18. Oh, God is good. I'm telling you, God loves you that much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You want know, anytime you ever feel down, start thinking about how much God loves you. Start meditating on his love. Praise God. Amen. Now this is when Paul went to Corinth. And it says here in verse 18 it says, Now after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And it says, and he found certain. Uh, he found a certain Jew named um, Aquila, born in Pontius, um, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, and they had to they had to move. But it says in verse three, it says, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought. For by their occupation, there were tent makers. So Paul he was able to make tents. So do you know what Paul starts to work? with them making tents, And it says, and he reasoned in the synagogue every, every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And then it says, and when Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, from Philippi, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. What's it saying here? Saying Paul went down to, um, to Corinth, right? And um, when he went there, you know what, Paul was at a place at this stage in his life where he didn't have, he didn't have the finances. So what happened was there was these, this couple, and he joins himself with them, and you know what, he starts making tents as well. And you know what, many times people will use this here and say, Do you know what, you see, um, so, sometimes they'll say, you know, of, of ministers and pastors and stuff, they'll say, I'm a, I'm a tent maker like Paul. You know, I, I have a, a big corporation and a preacher, you know, and, I, and I'm a tent maker like Paul. Paul only made tents for a period of time. And the reason he did was because he made tents until he got enough money. And as soon as money came, do you know what he went back to? Flat out preaching again. That's what he went for. Let me say, let me say this here. Do you know what? Paul's heart was to just preach. Do you know what money was for Paul? It just was like fuel. If there's enough fuel there, I'll just keep going. That's the way Paul was. And he only did this for a period. Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia. And the Philippine church, they, they supported Paul. And as soon as finances came, Paul was pressed in the spirit. Praise God. I tell you, if you ever had the Holy Ghost pressed on your spirit? You know, God, you want me to do something. You're pressing me in a direction. You know, we're led and guided by the spirit of God. And so what Paul done was he went and he preached. And he testified that Jesus was Christ, okay? In verse 6 it says, And when they um, opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook off upon their heads. And clean and from thence he went to the Gentiles. So what happened was Paul preached to the Jews. He preached the gospel. They didn't receive him. So Paul just turned right around and just went to the Gentiles. You see, Paul was going to preach to somebody. Amen. Paul was going to tell someone about Jesus. Remember, Paul said, "Woe unto me if I don't tell anybody about Jesus." Why? Because it was alive in him. Let me tell you, when the gospel is alive, on you've got to tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. And so Paul, he once once he was able to go out at it full, he went out at it full. So he preached the 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 Jews. They didn't receive it. So he went to the Gentiles, and they did. And it says, and and he departed thence and entered into a certain house named um, Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house was joined hard onto the synagogue. So this is all centered around the traditions religion. This house is right, it's like an extension onto the the synagogue. And this man's in it, he's worshipping God. Amen. And Paul stays there. Verse uh, 8 it says and Crispus Mr. (laughs) Tito and Crispus the chief ruler of the synagogue, look what it says, he believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Let me tell you, you know when there's a move of God, when religious leaders start getting saved. Amen. This is a, the top leader in the synagogue. Look, Paul's in the house next door. The religious leader, then he gives his life to the Lord. It caused a whole stir. Corinthians were getting saved. The religious leader is getting saved. And I'm telling you, and the devil didn't like it. Let me tell you, the devil doesn't want to see people getting saved. And he doesn't want any of us getting a heart for the lost. And you know what happens? All war breaks out. That's what happens. And they want Paul dead. They want to hurt him. Let me say this here as well. Praise the Lord. Because you see Crispus here, right? He was the chief ruler in the synagogue. But after this, he's not anymore. (laughs) Amen? Amen? We know that because he started making Tato Crisps. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's not the chief ruler anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? You see, once you get saved, yeah, yeah. what has religion got to offer you? Yeah, you. I find it amazing, and even as a Christian, I find it amazing that people walk with God their whole life and then go to religion to get buried. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? It wasn't, you didn't need it every week, but all of a sudden now you're dead, you need it. Or now you need it for a blessing. I need to get a blessing from religion. I don't need no blessing from religion. I'm blessed. I've got Jesus. It's It's amazing how many people want to go back to the dead place they came out of. That they couldn't get saved under that teaching. And yet they still want to go back there. Let me tell you, the only reason Paul went to the synagogue because he was a religious leader who got saved and came away from religion. The only reason Paul went there into the synagogue was to tell them about Jesus. He didn't go to join. They actually opposed Paul. And in Paul's ministry, religion was his greatest enemy. They followed him everywhere he went, trying to put a stop to him. They wanted him dead. Sometimes people think they're going to change religion. They're not. You may change. see individuals get saved. And that's why we keep, still keep in contact with people. But I am never going back into a religious system after I have got saved. Amen. Amen. I always find that amazing. We're going to see a different um, (laughs) chief ruler of the synagogue in a second. Why? Because he got the boot. Crispus got saved and his household and many of the Corinthians. And all hell broke loose. We see Crispus actually, you'll see him in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 14 because he was one of the people Paul baptized. And Paul didn't baptize too many people. Acts chapter 18, let me just look here again and verse, er, verse 9. Look what it says here. See, all hell broke loose after this religious man got saved. People are getting saved. And look at this here. It says, Then spake the Lord to Paul in in the night by a vision. Look at this. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. Do you know why all the opposition comes? To put fear into you. To cause you to back off. To cause you not to speak anymore. To cause you to put a bushel over you so that you don't shine your light anymore. So that you don't tell people about Jesus anymore. But you know what? We're meant to shout his name from the housetops. Yes. We're not to be ashamed of Jesus. And can I say something else as well? Because many times people say, you know what? If we're going to win the lost, you know, you can't do anything like, you know, you couldn't pray in tongues. Or you couldn't do any of these kind of things because, you know what? That'll freak everybody out. Let me tell you, Paul lived in the supernatural. God spoke to him here in a vision. What was it about? It's going to be about... Seeing people saved. Amen. The Bible says the tongues and interpretation of tongues are for who? The unsaved. You want know to wax people up. Yeah. Sometimes people think if you do those things, it'll freak people out. You look at Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, I'll teach you how to catch fish. And then what did he do? You go and look at his ministry. Straight after that, there, what happened was signs and wonders. Yeah. See, sometimes people have the wrong concepts. They think, oh, we just need to be natural. No. We need to be who God's called us to be. Paul was plugged into the supernatural. And God spoke to Paul in a vision. Not a goofy vision, a weird vision. Look at what the vision said again. It says, it said, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. Look at that. For I have much people in this city. Amen? Let me tell you, God has much people in this city. Why do we need to be awake? Because God has much people in this city. There are people in this city that need to hear the gospel. There are people in this city that are ready to hear the gospel. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Yes. God dropped that word in me yesterday. I have much people in this city. I knew exactly where the verse was. I have much people in this city. Let me tell you, God has much people in this city. Let me tell you, God is not finished with that Amen. 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 God has much people in this city. Do you remember whenever Jesus went to Samaria? He said, I must needs be in Samaria. Why? He needed to be at that place. And he sent the disciples to go and get food. They're starving on the McDonald's, up the street. And Jesus had an encounter with a woman at the well. And you can see with Jesus there, he was salt and he was light. He never compromised, but he was there for that woman. Amen. And he knew how to, how to win people. Some people know how to condemn people and push people away from the gospel. Jesus knew how to win people. And so the disciples, they go into the city. And on their way back, here's what the disciples are doing. Because they're not awake, they're asleep. You see, if you're awake to the things of God, you're asleep to the things of this world. If you're asleep to the things of God, you're awake to the things of this world. And the disciples were more naturally minded than they were spiritually minded. See, the disciples, they didn't like the Samaritans. So they looked at them through certain sad eyes. They didn't like them. They had prejudice towards the Samaritans. So it blinded them from seeing the harvest that was there. See, I, there's a lot of things I don't agree with in this world. There's a lot of culture things I don't agree with in this world. But we are not to let that blind us from the harvest. We're not to be shouting so hard against that we stop preaching the gospel. You understand? Yet we are to be salt. But we should not allow that to spill over to where we can't see the individual that needs Jesus. All we see is what they stand for and what they're waving. We need to still preach the gospel. And so the disciples are coming back. And they're coming through and walking through and past the fields. And they're looking at the fields and they're white on the harvest. And you know what the disciples are thinking? Somebody's going to make a bomb here in the next couple of weeks. And all they were thinking was naturally looking at the natural harvest. And they missed the spiritual harvest that was all around them. Do you know why? Because they were fast asleep. But Jesus was wide awake. Amen? Amen. Missed the harvest. Let me tell you, in our generation, we don't need to let another series coming on TV blind us from what's really happening in the world. You know, we're so busy in our generation. We're smarter in this world than we've ever been. The Bible says in the last days, knowledge would increase. Look, 100 years ago, people wouldn't believe we'd be sitting looking at pads and we could read our Bible on it and watch films on it and talk to each other on it and all of these kind of things on a, on a pad or on your phone. You can even do it on your phone now. You can talk and watch things on your phone. It's like Spock. Yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. Because knowledge has increased. Let me tell you, there's more opportunities now for education there's more opportunities for money for young people. Young people understand now their parents have, are teaching them more and more the importance of education and all of those kind of things. Look, whenever I grew up, there was only a few out of your group went and got education in the kind of upbringing that I had. Now people understand more the value of it. You can, you can be educated. You can be all of those things. There's, there's so much natural to keep us occupied. That we miss the harvest that is before us. And I'm telling you, we don't need to miss the harvest. There's a harvest in this area. Amen? There's a harvest in this area. And what did, what did, um, what did God tell, tell Paul? He told Paul, don't leave. Why? Because I have much people. Amen? Have much people. What were them much people like? Remember this was in Corinth. He said there was many people got saved here. Many of the Corinthians, they got saved. Let me tell you, these Corinthians, they were out and out pagans. If you go and look at their history and look at their temples and look at what went on in their temples and their culture... Sometimes we think, oh, our culture's bad. It was, it was like that there. Yeah, exactly. And the culture is bad. But I'm telling you, Jesus didn't die for perfect people, Jesus died for sinners. Yes. Amen. The gospel's not for the perfect, the gospel's for the unsaved. Yes. Jesus died, Romans says, for the ungodly, Amen. not for the godly. There was none. Let me just look here for a second. Praise God, and we'll close here this morning. What type of people did Paul come to minister to? Do You see, sometimes we have a sheep mindset when we go to the lost. When we go to the lost, we need to be thinking like a fish, not thinking like a sheep. They're not set apart. They're not living a holy life. They're not going to talk like the people in church. Yeah. They're lost. When we go to the lost, we're not there to fix everything in their lives. We're there to tell them about Jesus. Yeah, exactly. We're there to catch them. Yeah. Too many people are trying to catch or clean the fish before they catch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, want, they want them to come through the door like a sheep. Yeah. yeah. Instead of reaching them as a fish, yeah, yeah. Peter, when Jesus when Jesus showed that goodness to Peter, Peter fell on his knees and said, "Depart from me, I am a sinful man." Yeah. Jesus and said, "Oh no, are you sinful! Get away from me!" <laughs> no, because that was the very person he came to reach. Yes. He came for the Matthews, the tax collectors. He came for the Zacchaeuses, the chief. Of the mafia of his day. That's who he came for. He came for the people who was misusing people and abusing people. He came for them people. He came for the sinner woman that was washing his feet with her hair. That's the people he came for. He came for the woman at the well. He came for you and he came for me. Amen. Sometimes we can be so churched that we forget what it was like when we were set free. We forget what we were like, how we thought, how we talked, how we acted, what we were into. In Corinth, the Bible says here in verse 9, it says, Know ye not, this is 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And it's letting you know you can't inherit it without getting saved. You have to get saved. But these were the very people who got saved. Look what it says here. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, adulterers, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you. Their life didn't disqualify them from getting saved. They just let them know that you're a sinner in that condition. You can't inherit the kingdom of God. But the message that Paul brought to these people when they received it, they did. And they entered into the kingdom of God. Amen. Let me just read this verse in the, um, in the New Living Translation. It says, Those who indulge in sexual sins, those who worship idols, commit adultery, our male prostitutes, our practice homosexuality, our thieves, our greedy people, our drunkards, our abusive, our cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you. Amen. You were like that at one time, but you got saved. Amen. That's the many that get saved in Corinth. That's the harvest. Amen. That's the harvest. Look at our culture today. Some people just see how bad it is. We need to see. There's a lot of people that are are ripe. There's people that are so lost. They don't know. Who, they don't know whether they're male or female today. People need Jesus. We need to be people that love the lost. We don't need to be like Jonah. Jonah went and preached to the people in Nineveh, and when they repented, because he didn't like them, <laughs> exactly. he took the huff <laughs> and was angry with God. <laughs> yep. He went out in the huff. <laughs> and this big girt, this big plant grew over the top of him, and you know what? He was, you know, so thankful for it. And then a worm ate the thing and it died, and he was off. Aah! And God said to them, you, you had more compassion on the plant than you did on the people. Yes. But God loved the people. Yes. Were, they, were they doing wrong? Yes, but God loved the people. Let me tell you, we need to reach people. Amen. I just want to encourage us this, this morning, keep a heart for the lost. As we go about our week, I was just thinking there, she was just talking. I was just thinking about the pizza that I got on holidays. And oh, don't be making me hungry. No, and I couldn't eat it. I was hungry. And I had said to you at the time, the cheese was good, the base was good, but they covered it in salt, and I couldn't eat it. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, that? yeah. Everything else but the pizza was good, but I couldn't eat the pizza. Yeah. As the same saying you know what I mean? Your message might be good. Yeah. If you're poisoned and sod, you, you can't swallow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. yeah. That's just what was going on for me when you were were talking dog So you couldn't eat it. And yet it was lovely, but it was poisoned. We don't need to poison people. We need a flavor. Amen. I was thinking of um, the wee house in the garage in Dundalk where the churches started, church started in Dundalk. Over thirty years ago. Yeah. That was where things really started in the move of God. A wee garage on the side of a house. You no, know, just like that wee house on the side of the synagogue. Yes. No yeah. wee garage on the side of the house. Donna's dad came out of that. Pastor San, Lucy. There's another pastor who pastors Emmanuel Church and um in Dundalk, it was actually, that was that same church that just grew into that church. That church has been going for over 30 years. Awesome people in that church who have been pastoring for over 30 years out of a wee garage on the side of a house where a move of God took place. And I was thinking of Pastor Hassan because Pastor Hassan, you know, he, he, he was... Entertaining just atheism, and he had had enough for religion, had enough everything. And he basically got to a place where he said, There's no God, but he had some kind of an encounter (laughs) with those people, and it started to mess him up. And he went to that service absolutely drunk as drunk could be (laughs) into a wee service and got saved in a service drunk. Some people, how can the drunken hurt the kingdom of God? They hurt it when they make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. And such were some of you, but you are washed. Amen. And he got washed in the precious blood of Jesus. And went on to pastor and the dog for 28 years. Someone sitting drunk in a service. Do you see, thank God for a minister, that minister who was there. And you know what? God used the most unlikely person. That minister, as far as I remember, he was an English man who used to be a soldier at one time in the yeah. dog. Who then started preaching the gospel and people got saved. Amen. Amen? Amen. Such were some of you. There's a lot of they are at the minute, but one day they'll be able to say, I used to be, yeah. but not anymore. Yeah. Amen. Look what the Lord has done. Don't disqualify anybody from Jesus. Same. Same. Praise God. I was in a nightclub totally out of it and drink as well, not in drugs and drink totally out of it. Came around wearing a different set of clothes than the ones I was wearing when I started drinking in the afternoon. Didn't even know how I get into the nightclub. Sobered up. And I went and sat in the car that night and I made my mind up that night. I'm not living like this anymore. And I give my life to Jesus the following week at the sight of my bed. I got down a sinner and got up the righteousness of God in Christ yes, Jesus. Amen. 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 Yes. Praise God. Amen. And I'm telling you, God is yes. people like this in this city. And that's why God's saying, don't run from it. See the harvest. Amen. Amen. See the harvest. There's a harvest around us. I'm telling you, we are in a season of harvest. Amen. We're in a season of harvest in the move of God. Let me tell you, when it's dark, that's when the light shines brighter. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand this morning. Amen. And I'm going to pray this morning over us. And I believe that God wants to impart into us a greater hunger for the lost. Amen. Start seeing these chairs filled. Amen. We need to see like God sees. There's many people in this city that are ready to come. Yes. Amen. There are many people in your workplace that are ready to come. There are many people around you that are ready to come. The fields are white on the harvest. But I'm telling you, what God's looking for is laborers who will go into the harvest, who will not be ashamed of Jesus, who are not, you know, don't get caught up in all of the drama, but stay in the place where they see souls. Amen. amen. Praise God. Just receive this this morning if you want it. Amen. But I believe God's going to impart to us this morning. Praise God. Lord, we just love you this morning, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord God, for a church. That is hungry for a move of God, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that this city, your heart is towards this city. Your heart is towards the people in this city. And I thank you, Lord God, that there's people in this city, Lord, that are ready to come. The fields are white on the harvest, Lord God. And I just thank you, Lord God, just for depositing in each person here today, Lord God, a hunger, a fresh hunger and desire To win souls. To see people saved. Lord, I thank you. You give us eyes to see people the way you see them, Lord God. A heart to see people. That we are not a people of compromise. We do not compromise what's right and wrong. But Lord, I thank you that you came for sinners. And I thank you, Lord God, that we still have that heart. That we see the harvest. That our eyes do not be blinded to the harvest. But I thank you that we see clearly. That the fields are white unto harvest. And I thank you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for this church as well. Lord, I thank you. I call every chair full in the name of Jesus, Lord. And it's not just about filling a building, Lord. It's about reaching people. Yes. It's about reaching people. It's about seeing people's lives changed and transformed. I thank you, Lord, that we stop looking at people like she- with a sheep mindset when it comes to the unsaved. And we see them as a fish needing to be caught. Lord, that we don't point out every fault in their life. But Lord, that we come and tell them as ambassadors that God's not holding your sin against you because Jesus paid the price for you, that he who knew no sin was made to be sin for you, that you would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that we would implore people to come. Lord, I thank you that you give us an urgency for the lost and a compassion for the lost. Lord, we receive your love. Lord, show us how to love people the way that you love people, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that we can give them Jesus. That we can bring the Jesus of the Bible. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we love you this morning. Oh, God, we glorify you. We magnify you in this place, Lord. We give you glory and honor in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.